Welcome to the Uniquely Odd Podcast, or what I like to say, welcome to the shit show I call life. It's my everyday life, nothing new, nothing different. I don't dread it, I don't hate it, I love my kids and I love my life, but it's definitely a shit show and I'm about to take you on the journey so you can join along. So I originally had planned out for my topic today to be the process of elimination, right? Like, what do we eliminate from our kids? What do we give our kids? How do we help our kids be successful? Unique kids are different. They don't get the same privileges that other kids get on a daily basis. But at the same time, my life is a daily shit show and sometimes it doesn't go as planned. So instead, today's focus is gonna be about the struggles of being a mom or a parent because I'm sure dads can relate just as much. Since this is my podcast and I'm a mom, we'll direct it in that way. Now to start with, it is the absolute hardest thing to open up about having a unique child and to let others into our world with the fear of judgment. Because no matter what, we're judged on a daily basis. And opening up this much to the world, I know I'm going to be judged even more. But it's needed. People need to understand what we go through on a daily basis. Life is crazy and there's not enough sympathy in the world, especially for a unique parent. So, instead of doing my topic of the process of elimination, and I'm going to put that off for another day... We're going to talk about the crazy struggles of being a parent. The things we go through with having a child with ODD or anxiety or anything that honestly makes them different and makes them unique. It's hard and it's challenging. And let me tell you, these past few days have been extremely hard. And the craziest thing is is honestly what triggered all of this was that my son was invited to attend our weekly Zoom IEP meeting. Yes, I said weekly. Yes, we literally meet on a weekly basis to update his IEP. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I love how supportive his school is, but let me tell you, it is so stressful at the same time. But literally, he was just invited to attend. He didn't have to show up on camera. He didn't have to talk. Just the thought of being a part of a meeting with other people that he knows, but other people triggered us into a whirlwind spiral of a weekend. We are probably 28 hours in. I have cried 11 times. I've laughed a bunch. I've had some fun times. I've had some good times, but I have literally cried at least 11 times in the last 28 hours. This is life as a unique parent. It's not a bad thing. Do not feel sorry for us. Do not apologize for us crying because of our children. It's what we do. 
we care so much and we love so much and we want so much for our children that it just breaks us when we don't see it happening or we're not sure how to make it happen. Like it was so hard seeing him so upset and escalated because he was invited to a meeting. Now I knew the meeting, like there, I knew it, it was a chance of escalating him. But I assumed being in Zoom and at home and him not having to be there, maybe we wouldn't have these issues. Maybe he would be willing to give his own opinion and suggestions. Maybe he'll let us know what he likes to do and what he doesn't like to do and what changes he wants to make. None of that happened, of course, but it was worth a shot. So as our days continue on, we have random escalations. It's never fun when you know your kid's been triggered because you know the escalations are going to continue. And my son knows he tries so hard to control his escalations and he tries to use his coping skills but he can only manage if he can catch his trigger at a four once he's hit a seven it's too late the hardest part is that he can escalate so quickly he can go from a zero to a four in 10 seconds he can go for a four to a ten in five seconds. Or he can go from a four to a 10 in 30 seconds. It all depends on what triggered that escalation and what else it triggered. How many other nerves did it trigger? My son has been known his whole life as the child who wears his nerves on the outside. He doesn't have the skin. He doesn't have the muscle. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have those layers that the rest of the world has that protects their nerves. He has too many different anxiety disorders. It's a nonstop daily triggering struggle for him and it breaks my heart some days just to see it. But as a team, we're getting better. We're learning how to catch these. We're learning ways to help with them. If his, we've learned, if he hits a seven or above, there is no de-escalation help. You can't help him. If he gets physical, I restrain him. And I know a lot of parents are going to be like, you do what? But let me tell you, when you have a unique child, unique child are not restrained like you think they are restrained. A restraint for a unique child is 100% a bear hug from behind. You bear hug them to bear hug themselves. So you go behind them, you grab their arms, and you wrap their arms around themselves, and you hug and you squeeze. It's hard. It is hard being the person to have to do that to your child. 
But as parents, if our child requires something like that, we're trained. There is literally training and certifications out there to ensure that we do it the right way and we don't hurt our kids. My son is restrained on a daily basis when he is in building at school. But we made sure that his behavioral interventionist, the person, his buddy, as we call him, that is with him all day at school, we ensure that they are fully trained. We ensure they are certified. We ensure that they know fully what they are doing before they work with my child. And my child understands the importance of being restrained. I'm a very black and white family. We keep everything black and white. You have to for unique kids. They don't see the grayness. They don't understand. So we keep it very blunt. We have to restrain you for our safety. You cannot hurt other people. Even if you don't mean to, you cannot hurt other people. We have to restrain you until you can be calm and you can be safe for yourself and for everybody else. No, this was not easy. And this was not something that we came across overnight and something that he was just accepting of. This took years and years of battling. When we first had to restrain him, it was a 40 plus minute restraint. It took over 40 minutes to de-escalate my child. At five years old. He's 11 now. So it's, it's not as bad now. Now we're down to about 20 minutes. He doesn't have to be restrained that long. He usually needs to be restrained for two to five minutes. Seven minutes if our escalation is past a level seven. And it's crazy that I can tell you that we have different levels, but we do. There are different levels and it's, it is just the life we live. But we've also learned that my son needs a safe spot to go and a quiet spot to go. He needs his spot, right? So when you escalate, you have to go take your alone time. And that's the bedroom. Siblings are not allowed in the hallway because the hallway leads to the bedroom. And there's a chance that the seeing of a sibling will re-escalate us. Not on purpose. And the sibling doesn't even mean to. They just love them and they love their brother and they just want to check and make sure they're okay and let them know, hey, I love you. But it's a trigger. So we have our quiet spots, our safe spots. You go and you have your alone time until you can fully de-escalate. And we try it out. He'll tell me every couple minutes, okay, mom, I've de-escalated now. Can I come out? Can we talk? I'll tell him, nobody. I can tell by the tone of your voice that you are not de-escalated. I can tell by how quick you are talking that you are not de-escalated. Buddy, I know you have not been in your room long enough to fully de-escalate. And if he is not de-escalated, guaranteed that is a bigger trigger. Any one of those comments will most likely have him 
triggered so hard, he'd probably tell me to go kill myself. He might even threaten to kill me. Does he mean it? No. Nope. This is just the life of a unique kid with ODD. They can't control everything, but we have to teach them. And so I'll work with my son. I'll ask him two to three questions every five minutes to see if he's de-escalated enough for us to fully discuss what caused him to go to his room. Because once he's triggered above a seven, he blacks out almost. He doesn't understand the full effect of what he did. So he has to be de-escalated so that I can explain it to him. No, he doesn't get it. He doesn't believe me. He will argue and I have to look him in the eyes and be like, nobody, this is what you did. And it's hard on him sometimes because he'll sit there and say, but I didn't mean to. He'll say, I know, buddy. But this is why we have to work on our coping skills more. It is so hard being a unique parent. Because episodes like this can happen anywhere from 1 to 7 to 20 times in a day. In a day. Keep in mind, our children are probably sleeping for at least 10 plus hours of that day. It is crazy how long our days can be. Which is probably why I sit here between 11 and noon and I do my podcast because I am literally so physically drained by the time I get my kids to bed that I can barely do my own self-care that I require myself to do. Whether I want to or not, I make myself. I make myself take a bath three days a week. I make myself shave every time I take a bath. And there are days that I am just so drained. But I have to remind myself that I made myself this promise that I wouldn't forget about myself. Which is so hard to do when you have multiple escalations that you have to focus on de-escalating on a daily basis. Plus you have other kids. Don't forget the other kids who also need attention and love and they want to show you the cool, fun things they can do even though their brother's acting out. Because they're used to this life. Those siblings don't know any different. This is their normal life. So they can block out the escalations and not react to them and still be like, but mom, look at this picture I colored. All right, buddy, I, I got to wait until after we're done here, okay? I know, but mom, look, look, look. It is so hard. So I've learned. When dealing with escalations, I put the other kids first. Once my unique child is in his safe zone. And I'll even tell him sometimes he'll ask for me, hey mom, can we talk now? And I'll be like, you know what, buddy? You were de-escalated for so long and you took up a lot of my attention. You're going to have to just wait a few minutes while I give brother some attention and some time right now. It's hard to do 
and our brains spin a million miles an hour. I can't even tell you. I feel like I have ADHD even though I don't because you are so worried about so many things all at once on a daily basis. So yesterday, it was probably after our third escalation. I can't even tell you honestly. I'm not sure how many we had, but it wasn't a horrible day. I want to say we probably had four. It wasn't a horrible day. But after one of the escalations later on in the day, my unique child walked up to me once he was fully settled after we finished discussing everything, and he handed me his sewing scissors. I said, what's up, buddy? He goes, Mom, I think it's best for you to put up the sharp things just to make sure I don't hurt anybody. I've been getting really upset really easy today. Okay, buddy. Thanks for letting me know that. Thanks for thinking that one through. That was really, really responsible and that was a good coping skill, buddy. Because unique child... They don't always think that way. They don't they don't know different. My unique child knows to be extra cautious around sharp objects when he's escalated because my unique child was inpatient for 10 days when he was 8 years old for suicide and mental depression. So, we are extra cautious in our house. We are very vocal about feelings and very vocal about mental health. I myself suffer from anxiety. I have been depressed multiple times. It is nothing to be ashamed of and there is nothing to be afraid of about it. We are very open and honest people about it because it's a good thing to talk about mental health and talk about your feelings. So, my son knew that he was escalating a lot and he could not control himself. So, for the safety purposes, he ensured I kept all the objects up that were sharp. I mean, we already do. All meds are stored up out of reach, out of way completely, usually locked up. Weapons are completely locked up. Um, we don't even let it be known fully what weapons we have, if we have weapons. I mean, even a pocket knife is literally locked up in a safe. My son has never, ever used a weapon to hurt himself or hurt anybody else. He's never thought about using a weapon to hurt anybody else. But safety. And as I always say safety first. So because of safety and the extra quick harm that things like that can do, my son knows we have to keep that stuff away. But it is so hard to be a mom and hold it together for your 11-year-old child who is saying, please put up the scissors 
So I don't hurt anybody today. I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> another time, after another escalation, I walked by my son. I try not to let the escalations face me. I mean, I'll go in my room and I cry. Do not realize I cry in my room all the time. But I walk out with a clean face and I'm ready to go and I'll keep that face straight for my kids. So I walked by my son in the kitchen and he looks over at me and he goes, Mom, yeah, buddy. He goes, are you mad at me today? No, why? Are you sad? No, buddy. Why would you say that? I've been really, really mean today, Mom. And you seem happy. Why? And I was honest. Like I said, I'm black and white. It is the easiest way to get through to my unique son. So I was honest. Buddy, I can't let your escalations get to me. I brush them off. I ignore it like... I can't. I don't remember the exact words I used. But I explained to him, when you escalate and you get mad and you say those hurtful things, I don't take it personal. I brush it right off and I keep on with my day because I know you don't mean it. And I'm not going to let that ruin my day. I don't deserve for you to treat me like you do when you're mad. I don't deserve for you to tell me those things. So I don't listen to them. I know you love me and I know you care about me. And that's what matters. And he got the biggest smile on his face and he gave me the biggest hug that he's given me in weeks. He didn't say anything. He didn't know how to express that. But the fact that I told him that I don't take it personal and I don't hold it against him meant the world to him at that one moment. Because I can't. I can't take those hurtful things personal because he doesn't know better. He's learning and growing. Then, today, it was time to take meds. It started with, like, our usual... I'm not taking them. I don't want them. Okay, bud. But you have to take them. You know this. They're sitting up here waiting for you. And I have to watch you take them. So, well, I'm not doing it right now. I'll be back. Okay, buddy. It's a daily battle. He gets upset over it. It is a struggle to get him to take them. But I try to stay calm and I try to keep my cool, but I try to be strict and straightforward about it. So I let him go off, do whatever he needed for a few minutes. And he ended up changing. That was it. He just wanted to go change his clothes first. Okay. I didn't say anything to him, though. I just walked by to see what he was doing and I just kept on walking. Then I was in the laundry room and he finishes doing what he's doing and he walks out of his room. So he walks out and he looks over at me and goes, hey, mom, 
you don't have to worry. I'm going to go take my meds right now because I know when I don't take my meds, you don't like it because I get really upset and I don't want to hurt anybody today. Oh, yeah, I know if I don't take my meds, I hurt people and I don't want to hurt anybody today. I really love you guys and I want to have a good day. Okay, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I hope we do have a good day. Now, he took his meds. Was not a fight. I was very proud of him. That only lasted five minutes. I've sent him to his safe spot. Little safe space, spot, whatever you want to call it. He's been in his room twice. Him and his brother have already been separated a few times. I've cried two and a half times. The half is only because <laughs> the tears were in my eyes and they were there and the feelings were there. And then in walks the child. So I suck it up and I look at them. Hey, buddy, are you sad? Nope, nope, I'm good. What's up? What's up? Just something in my eye. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the life we live. We deny crying to our children, even though we let them know that it's okay to express your feelings. But we don't want our children to know that they're the reason that we're so hurt. Because we're a team. And they have to know that we're on their team at all times. Which can be so hard and draining at times. And you can feel so alone as a parent. It is so, so hard. It is so hard to cry, wipe your face off, stand up, and walk back outside like nothing happened with a smile on your face and try to find the good in today. It is hard. When it's only 1230 and you've already cried two and a half times, three times, you're already so trained. We had plans to go yard sailing. And my unique child was actually all for it only because he was not required to get out of the car. He made it very clear he didn't want to get out. I said, you don't have to, buddy. We're just going to be mainly driving around. I'm bringing my crochet stuff to make a hat. Okay, buddy. You can totally sit in the car and crochet. I don't know how many yard tools we'll stop at, but you can sit in the car and you can crochet all you want, buddy. You don't have to get out. Now, do I really want to go yard sailing today after having three escalations already? I don't know. I don't know if it'll be worth it. And then I promised little brother that we would go on a hike in the foothills and watch the sunset. Something little brother loves to do. We've never hiked and watched the sunset, but we used to go on hikes all the time. But lately, brother's been escalating too quickly for us even to make it to the car which is hard. So, I don't know. 
The feelings are rough and it's hard being a unique parent, but we always have to look for the positive in everything, no matter what. After every negative situation, we just have to find a positive. So right now, literally, my positive, even though I've had seven interruptions making this one podcast, is I was able to sit in my car away from my children and get some time to myself to do something that I wanted and needed to do. I finally got that chance. Earlier, I was able to get dressed. After our first meltdown, I was able to go get dressed. All right, yo. I got some clothes on and I was dressed before 9.30. Hey. On a Saturday, mind you. So that's like really big steps there. <laughs> um, another time. Hey, let's see, what did I do? The second time, I went and I cleaned my kitchen counter. And that was my positive. You know what? You're in your room having your meltdown, but I was able to clean off the kitchen counter that has been messy and cluttered for almost two weeks now. Because life is just too crazy that I don't have that three and a half minutes it takes to declutter my kitchen counter and clean it off and wipe it. But I did it today. And I was so proud of myself. There's a brand new positive. Hey, look, I was able to clean the kitchen counter. Now I'm able to sit by myself. There's those little things. You got to find the smallest little positive because I may not get another chance to myself today, but I got this. And I have to remember that. There are positives. And if I can't find it for myself, I have to find it for nature. Look up in the sky and you can see there's birds flying around. You know it's springtime. Or you look up and the clouds are fading away and the sky is turning blue. There's the positive. The gray sky went away and the sun's coming out. There's a positive. You have to find the smallest positive in every day or your life will become so drained. You won't know how to parent and you won't know how to survive. And your life will feel like it's spiraling out of control. And it is the hardest feeling as a parent to feel like your life is spiraling out of control when so much depends on you every day. So much. Our children depend on us more than other children. It is a daily struggle and a daily battle that we fight as parents, but we can't give up. So you gotta find the positive, the littlest positives. Because let me tell you what, as I'm sitting in my car, my car is probably like 90 degrees right now. I am in leggings, a winter sweater, and I am sweating so miserably much, but I'm alone. There are no kids in this car with me. I am alone. That is the positive. Look past all of those minor negatives and find the positive. I got time alone. Doesn't matter if it's only two minutes alone. You got that two minutes and you deserved it. And you know what? Do not be afraid to tell your children. I 
need and I deserve a five-minute mom break. I do it. At least once a day, I will walk out in my backyard and I will go water my garden and I will hang out in my garden and I tell my children, I'm going outside for five minutes of mom time alone. You are not allowed outside at all. You're not allowed in the front yard, the backyard at all. You are not allowed outside for five minutes. I'm allowed five minutes of mom time and I'm going to take that outside today. And when your children open up that door and be like, mom, no, I told you five minutes of mom time and we can discuss this in five minutes or you can solve your own problem. It's okay. Because I'm telling you half of their problems you don't even need to be involved in, I'm sure. Now, a lot of them we do. We most definitely do. But if we were just inside 30 seconds ago, most likely we don't. If you have to separate your kids in the different rooms and different parts of the house, do it. If you have to put a movie on, do it. If you have to put music on and tell your kids they're having a dance party by themselves, do it. It's okay to do extra things that you don't normally do to get that five minutes of mom time. Because you, you deserve it. You work so hard and you stress so much and you worry so hard. You deserve five minutes to not think about your children. Five minutes to not worry and not break up a fight and not be a referee because we are a referee 24-7 constantly breaking up fights. And you know what? Sometimes you need that five minutes just to cry and have sympathy for yourself. And it's totally okay to be sympathetic for yourself. Just don't do it on a daily basis. Don't do it on a weekly basis. You choose what day you want to have sympathy, but don't make it every day. Find the positive in the day. Look for the positive in the day. My mail came today. Hey! I did not get any bells. That is a huge positive. Now I got a big huge packet of paperwork to fill out for my next doctor's appointment. But I didn't get any bills today. There's another positive. You gotta find them. You do. It is so hard. Our lives are so hard and so stressful every day. So... Since the last time of me mentioning my interruptions, I have had three or four more interruptions. And I'm sure this is the most rambled on, all over the place podcast. So, I'm just going to jump off and end this. My life has definitely been crazy. My life is a daily shit show. I love my life. I'm blessed with the life I have. It really is a good life. I have a lot of good moments being a parent. I definitely eat myself up and I definitely judge myself and I criticize myself a lot. I take a lot of guilt, even though I shouldn't, but I do. And that's okay, because that's what it's like being a unique parent. And that's how you know that you care so much about your child and that you're on their team and that you guys are a team 
because you get the guilt and you get the fears and you get the worries and you get the I don't knows and you deal with these emotions and these feelings and these questions that other parents can never ever relate to in any way they will never understand they don't get the cries because they're too busy celebrating their kids getting another award at school or getting another award for the sports or something amazing happening with their children that they don't understand how you can stress so much and be so negative and hate life so much even though you don't you don't hate your life you just want somebody to vent to because you feel so alone and so trapped because you don't know what to do yeah there's books out there written for us i've read them i've read three books about odd children I've done the steps in the books. They worked years ago. They worked back then. But they don't work now. What do you do once your child succeeds those steps and has moved on to new triggers and new ways and new things? And It is so hard being a parent sometimes. But we're good parents because we care and we're good parents because we do not give up on our children. I hope every parent listening to my podcast knows they are a good parent. Your child loves you. And remember that every time your child looks at you and says, I hate you. I wish you were dead. Flip it in your head flip it in your head. They are telling you they love you. They are telling you they can't live without you. They are telling you they never want you to leave their side. They are telling you to protect them and keep them safe. You have to flip it in your head or you will lose your mind because it is hard. As humans, we are not supposed to be able to listen to people tell us that they hate us every day. We are not mentally capable to have somebody look us dead in the eyes and tell us to go kill ourselves and to brush it off. But as a unique parent, that's what we do. We deal with that on a daily basis and we brush it off on a daily basis and we cry on a daily basis. But it's okay. There's no shame in crying. None. You just have to remember that what your child is saying is not what they mean. You have to flip that saying in your brain. Remember how much they love you. Remember how much they care about you. And all you can do is love them more. So, getting off of here and what I want all of you guys to do today and every day is to find one thing that makes you happy. Do one thing that makes you happy. One thing. That's it. You deserve it. It could be as small as taking a shower, brushing your hair, doing your makeup, getting dressed, going on a walk, making your kids sit inside while you have a five-minute mom break. Whatever it is, do one thing that makes you happy. Because you deserve happiness. 
Everyone in this world deserves happiness. Our unique kids deserve happiness. And they learn what happiness is by mimicking us. Because they don't understand emotions and feelings. Some do, but not all. Mine does not. We work really hard on a daily basis to understand emotions and feelings. And he's starting to learn that breaks away are good. They're okay. They help us. And they make us happy. So go out and do one thing that makes you happy. Because you deserve that today and every day. Thanks for joining the Uniquely Odd podcast. I hope you enjoyed the shit show life that I'm living Or hopefully you can relate because I know you surely did not enjoy it. But I'm sure a lot of you can relate. If there's anything you want me to talk about, please comment or email. Um, If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, anything, I am an open book to learning anything I can to help my child. Because we're a team. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you.